0: Joining us this morning, Sanusha Naidu, a senior research associate based with the Institute for Global Dialogue. Sanusha, thank you very much for your time and welcome to Radio Islam International. Let's look at the first story for the morning and look at the ban over the Israeli shipping firm from Malaysian ports over Gaza war. Uh, good morning and good morning to the listeners. Yes, this is becoming a developing story. In fact, it's becoming quite an issue with regard to the shipping lanes across the Suez Canal into the Red Sea. So what Malaysia has done is that they've banned the shipping company called them, which is a major supplier of goods in, uh, for, for Israel, in and out of the um, area of the Southeast Asian Channel. And this is now part of the challenges that Israel faces given its um, conflict in the Gaza Strip and the fact that it's now carrying out these attacks in in a very um, uh, inhumane way. And so the outcry, the global outcry and global protest around these um, attacks and, and, and what's going on with Gaza and the number of people that have been killed in these airstrikes and ground defense has now led to not just the Malaysian government saying they're going to be putting more uh, bans on on ships that come out from Israel or carrying goods to Israel but it's also now become a big problem for big major shipping companies like Musk, like uh, Lloyds and so forth because They are now feeling um, a major backlash in the Red Sea where Houthi rebels in Yemen, supported by Iran, have now decided that they will also send out air attacks and drone attacks, and even place some kind of moratorium or, or, or confiscate goods, and uh, place these ships these shipping companies place them under risk because they're it's just unsafe to go through this area in order to deliver supplies into israel so this whole area now has become a major choke point for israel in terms of its global supply of goods and services and we just heard recently that bp has decided to stop using the, 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 that route and this is now part and parcel of what has been the effect of the, of, the, of the conflict in Gaza and, of course, the fact that in Yemen, um, the Houthi rebels have decided to use that space to show support for Hamas. Mm. Let's look at the, the next story for the morning. Japan grapples with the high rates of carer killings made worse by pandemic isolation. Yes, this is a very, very, very depressing and scary story because as a result of COVID and isolation, japan's uh frail care system and importantly its um uh, caregiver system is now falling apart so because of the high cost of medical bills or or medical aid or or caregiving in the in, in japan i mean medical costs are quite uh high and they escalate at a rapid rate so there's a lot of older couples that cannot afford to have a caregiver come in, a professional caregiver come in and take care of them. So now you have uh, partners taking care of their, of their spouses. You have children that have kind of left work or re- went back to live with their parents, taking care of their uh, or elderly parents. And then of course you've got grandkids and, and so forth. And what's happening is that the psychological, the economic, and the social challenges that the COVID, that COVID has unleashed on, on on society in Japan has led to a, a, a greater number of what you're now calling uh, caregiving caregiving killings, and this is, means that people cannot afford psychologically to take care of their elderly partners or their partners that have some kind of um, long term medical condition or even if it's just some kind of medical condition this and what's happening is that they either um in one situation they either you know saying to 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 their families we can't no longer do this and so they 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 kind of using a form of euthanasia however you may describe it in one instance it was a strangling of of of, of an individual in another instance the both the both the husband uh uh, um, killed a wife and killed himself, so suicide is also rising in, in Japan and it's becoming quite a depressing phenomenon in terms of the society because Japan has a very aging society and it's aging rapidly and so the cost of everything is becoming quite unbearable for many of families but also the, the, the 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 there's not enough professional caregivers in japan to actually start taking on these tasks and so the the government is being urged to look at either um getting younger people to go into caregiving um professional services or to now start opening up the caregiving market to Foreigners to come in and provide the caregiving. There's also there's also a practice in Japan according to Japanese culture and rituals It's almost called abandonment and what happens there is um, when older people become a burden to a village or they no longer can can be uh, taken care of in a the village, they normally left abandoned in forests, etc. Now, this practice is returning in an urban setting, um, where a uh, a fifty-seven-year-old man could no longer take care of his mother, and he left her out in the park, and he was arrested for manslaughter because his mother died of uh, of exposure to the cold, long uh, sustained period of exposure to cold. So, this is a very, very, very Scary part of what happens in societies like Japan, where there's demographic imbalances, very, uh, very, uh, an aging population with not enough services to take care of the elderly. The frail care services and the caregiving services are very much caught up in uh, a lack of 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 investment in the in the system. And of course, the younger generation as well have now, you know kind of don't have the capacity or the or, or the uh, affordability to do so. So I think this is becoming something that we have to think about very critically and seriously in terms of what happens when the cost of living escalates and it has a knock-on effect on your medical abilities to provide uh, caregiving and other such frailty uh, services when it c- becomes this kind of phenomenon. Scary indeed. And let's move on to the third story for the morning. Pacific nations at big risk of ri- rising sea levels uh, condemn COP28 deal, disaster for humankind. Yes, so the Pacific nations and particularly the Pacific islands, we're looking at uh, Kiribati, Talu and so forth out in um, the, the, the Pacific uh, regions. They have been experiencing quite an adverse effect around climate change. So rising sea levels where two or three of the um, islands will eventually, in the next, I don't know, maybe a decade to even three, in about 28 years' time, will end up becoming ocean territories. And that means that they'll completely disappear. We're seeing a similar phenomenon in the Indian Ocean with, with islands like Maldives as well as with um, other Indian Ocean Rim islands where the rising sea levels and the unpredictability of climate change means that these um, islands will become almost non-existent. Either they'll get swallowed up by the sea or they will end up becoming completely barren and it'll have an impact on um, human, human life on these islands. And so what? These countries, these specific island nations, um, are arguing is that the deal that was done, or the, or the agreement of COP28, didn't do enough to uh, address the use of fossil fuels as an energy source, and that is causing more pollution. And because of the knock-on effect and the snowballing effect of pollution, it means that um, we're going to see more uh, higher levels of. Um, of, of natural disasters and more atmospheric pressure that's going to create pollution, and of course, it's going to create a whole dynamic around um, changing the sea levels, um, tsunamis, etc. And also, linked to this is the fact that in the Pacific region and in other areas, there's a lot of companies, particularly energy companies and other companies, that are beginning to drill uh on the seabed and that's causing many tsunamis on a continuous basis so what these island nations are saying is that there's not enough commitment by global leaders particularly on the on 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 saying that we need to ban the use of fossil fuel in fact what's going on is that there's a there's a sense of some countries who are continuing to use coal and dirty uh, fossil fuels as a way, means to continue their energy consumption and energy production so it's a bit of a catch-22 situation for the island countries in the Pacific because they just they don't have the money the resources or the capability at this point they're relying on external funders external countries like the EU and other bigger nations um, to try and help them mitigate the risk of climate change. And right now, they are very, it's a very difficult situation for them because their their islands and their existence is in peril. Mm-hmm. So, Risha, thank you very much for your time this morning. Much appreciated on Radio Islam International. Thank you very much. Have a good week. Bye-bye.